This is a Lawful Stupid RPG production. Lawful Stupid RPG is proud to be sponsored by Kraken Dice. What dice? Oh, uh, hi, Blip. Dice are, uh, well, they're like rocks with numbers on them that you throw. Blip like throw things. Yes, we know, Blip. Uh, Visit their website at krakendice.com and use our special discount code GETSTUPID to get 15% off your entire purchase, including sale items. Blip not stupid, Onweir. You stupid. Uh, No, 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 Blip. GETSTUPID is our special discount code. Oh, what what discount? It it means you pay 15% less for dice. For rocks that you can throw. How much 15? It's it's a lot. Why don't you go in the corner and count to 15, and you can come back when you're done. Okay. One and one and one. That's K-R-A-K-E-N-D-I-C-E dot com. Now, please enjoy the show. While I grind some herbs for this throbbing headache. And one. Hail and well met. And welcome to Dragonlance Echoes of Kryn, Dragons of the Hidden Flood. A D&D podcast presented by Lawful Stupid RPG. This podcast is an actual game of 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons, played by a group of friends, professional performers, and voice actors with a passion for role-playing, improvisational storytelling, and dice-rolling. We'll begin in just a moment, but first, our players. Hello, I'm Jade, and I'm one of the founders of Lawful Stupid RPG. I've been a huge Dragonlance fan since the beginning, and producing this podcast has been a dream come true for me. I will be playing the dwarf of the party named Farin, and I hope the stories we tell sparkle in your hearts like the brightest gems Ryoks ever dreamed of. I am Panda. I am a Twitch streamer who goes by the username Panda, and... I'm playing Tealy Tumblewood, your resident kender who will try only a little bit not to annoy you. Howdy, my name is Samus. I am a professional opera singer, and I am playing the mysterious and slightly grumpy one-armed archer who calls himself Onweir. Hello, I am Chael, and I am not an opera singer. And I will be playing Blip with her awesome animal companion, Dinner. The amazing barbarian duo. Greetings, I'm Chops. I'm a Vegas showman as well as a ghost hunter, and I'll be playing Lassa, a half-elven wizard who will prove his worth to the world. Hello, I am Lindsay Rousseau. I am a voice actor and host of the rollout on YouTube, and I am playing Manto Bubulina, who has a dark secret that only my best friend Blip knows. And I'm Mr. Eager DM. I'm here to guide and to follow. Now, I invite you all to step with me into fantasy. And for our time together, let imagination rule. Last time. While Blip embarked on a wild pig chase, Anwir, Farron, and Lassa took their seats in the opulent Teatrospire Auditorium. 
Tilly and Manto received their costumes, props, and some hurried instructions backstage regarding what is expected of them during the performance. The orchestra has finished tuning, and the curtain will rise in moments. Backstage, Manto and Tilly, you are caught up in the excitement and energy of the beginnings of whatever this evening is going to be. People are rushing, doing last minute adjustments, makeup, costumes, set pieces, and props. You look around and you can see that there are other people in costume as well. You see somebody who is obviously meant to be elvish, who has tan leather clothes and a long bow. You see a man who is very thin, but very tall, wearing armor that is similar to yours, Manto, but it is of more of a golden hue. And you see several women, which is interesting as it's not often that you will see women wearing clothes that are different from the restrictive palas that they are most accustomed to wearing outside of the lower classes. Dancers being, of course, the exception, but you see some that are dressed in clothes that are of a very strange and they, they seem to be much more revealing for one manto than you are accustomed to seeing, but also uh, much less restrictive, but they are still clearly costumes. A woman with a wig that is very curly and dark that runs down to her shoulders, wearing a costume that would be appropriate to some sort of laborer, but seems to be also meant to accentuate her feminine features. And you see a woman who is wearing a beautiful robe made of, appears to be rabbit skin. And she is carrying a staff that has a blue paint that has colored all of it. The last to arrive is a short individual wearing an absolutely gorgeous silken red robe. His cowl is pulled over his head and his skin is painted golden. It is uh, a impressive costume and clearly he has had a great deal of work done on his makeup. Well, you're not able to get a very good look at his face. Uh, accompanying him, coming in from the back, are several of the Imperial Guard, including one that has on his face the tattoos that you see most Argothians wearing, but these are yellow, not the most common dye that you have seen for the tattoos on the Argothian people. As these preparations are underway, is there anything that you wish to do? I begin to put the green tunic on over, already over the top of my clothes and try and hide the fact that I'm wearing my clothes still underneath. Unfortunately, that has the effect of making you look rather large. That's fine. <laughs> but not going to be too much of a problem in terms of restricting you or, or, or giving you problems on, mm -hmm. on state. And then I will just be sticking relatively close to Manto because he is who I'm familiar with. 
All right. Just kind of prepping, making sure I'm hiding that I'm still wearing my clothes underneath and, and, and getting ready. And I have kind of a mischievous grin on my face. All right. Manto? So, were we ever introduced to the other performers of the epic party? Are, are those performers here as well? The other people, it doesn't appear like, hmm, how familiar do you think Manto is with the tales of the heroes of the lance, as it were? Yes, Manto absolutely knows these tales inside and out. I was merely asking that if we needed to know the other performers, if we were entering as a group or anything like that. So, hmm, make an insight check, please, Manto. That is 17. Pretty good. You get the impression that it's not going to be very difficult, this, what they want you to do. Okay. You're going to kind of follow the group, enter when they enter, and occasionally somebody is likely to sort of whisper to you, move here or stop, that sort of thing. And as long as you keep your wits about you, this should not be a problem. Great. Uh, do I see Berenzi running the whole show? I mean, I know he was the creator, but is there a separate director? It appears that if there is a director, it is Berenzi. <sighs> Hold on. I just need to check my charisma real quick. I am going to go up to, if he is backstage, Berenzi. Okay. Sir, I just want to say that it is a great honor to be a part of this performance and portraying the valiant efforts of Stormbright Blade. I am quite curious, uh, why is it you change the names of the characters in your show from who they were in real life? I assure you these names have been well researched and the Emperor has made many changes himself. Ah, okay. Um, well, the stories are very well known here. I know we are far from where these, uh, many of these campaigns took place, but uh, are you not afraid that your audience is going to realize? I have faith that the beauty of the music and the, well... We will do our best, will we not? It is as you say. We will do our best, and I have faith in what you have created. I peek out from behind Manto's legs ah. and just speak. And at least they're all completely wrong, because then at least there's consistency. See, I thought it was on purpose, exactly. Me too, honestly. I really did. <clears throat> Very carefully researched and vetted. At any rate, uh, please, everyone, everyone, claps his hands, gather round. He steps forward and raises his hands to the roof and begins to speak in a declarative fashion. Songmaster, many seasons have passed since prayers to you were spoken in this place. Humbly. We speak them now and invite you to look with favor upon our performance. 
Great Bran, you brought art to the people of Kryn and taught us of music and poetry. Your gifts bring color to the grayest of days and expression to our most inscrutable feelings. No note can be clear enough, no word deep enough, and no work pure enough to adequately express our gratitude. If even a single moment of our effort here is pleasing to you, we pray that you will give us a sign of your approval. We look for your return, O Bard King. Everyone, to your places, and may the gods be with us. As everyone takes their places, Teely, Manto, is there anything you wish to do? Just some last-minute fumbling of some pouches, transferring some things into my pockets for easier access. But that's about it. All right. Manto? I will simply look down at Teely and just give her kind of a sly wink. Music swells. Curtain opens. Rising straight up. Revealing scene of a tavern or an inn. But it is odd in that one entire side of this particular set appears to be composed of the trunk of an enormous tree. And hanging down over the roof of this tavern, you could see enormous branches with decorations that would suggest leaves. As the orchestra begins a jaunty tune, and there is a man sitting in the middle of this tavern, with a large bucket of potatoes, which he is washing. He sings. Scrub them well, now let's begin. Trim the eyes, but leave the skin. Cut them into half-inch bits. Steam them well, if time permits. My potato dish is flawless. It's the spiciest in solace. Hungry guests will soon be here. There's not a better place to eat or have a beer. And the opera begins. After a few moments, as this individual finishes his song, you feel a prod on your back, Manto, as it is your turn to enter. I will make my way out of the wings, walking onto stage. With thumbs up from me. <laughs> uh, back, and just very stoic, coming in with just enormous stage presence. Very well. As you confidently take the stage, there is a throat clearing behind you, Tealy, and you look and you can see the singer, Ham Tonsus taking a deep breath from his seat where he is unable to walk the stage being injured he begins to sing as Manto gestures for five years I've been away seeking hope for honor lost but this armor and my father's sword are all there is. The rest is dust. Her soul 
Lazarus, Othmithas. As Manto steps on stage, Anuir, you see familiar symbol on this actor's shield. And hearing the oath, I grow very pale, and I begin to sweat. There's murmuring and talk and applause after each of these performances. During the breaks, there's opportunities to briefly speak to each other. So as Manto, or as Storm Big Blade, I should say, concludes their piece, does anybody wish to say anything? Truly as spectacular, is it not? Uh, he's got a nice voice, I, just, I must admit. Yes, uh, and, and uh, I, as, as I turn to face Onwear and see this stress on him, uh, I, my, my friend, I, I say as I reach out and gently touch his shoulder as he has done for me many times. It is, it is beautiful, is it not? Are, are, you, are you sure that nothing is wrong? I must have eaten something that didn't agree with me, Lhasa. Excuse me. He is looking a bit pale. And I will stand up and walk out of the box. All right, you step out of the box. There's a curtain that blocks the back of this little partition from the rest of the backstage, or I should say, not backstage, the rest of the passageway that leads back to the lobby. Is there an area where one can wash their face, uh, take care of business, so to speak? How do restrooms work in <laughs> northern <laughs> Ergoth? Hmm. There is a servant standing there who looks at you with concern and says, uh, Sir, is there anything that I can do for you? A restroom? Yes, there is a privy outside of the theater, but you may have difficulty returning. Can I bring you something? I, and unless, of course, you really do need to visit the privy. I can't bring you that. Water, please. Water, yes, of course, sir. I will bring it right away. The hurries off shortly later, shortly after that returns with a big basin of water. As you are washing yourself, you can hear the sound of a woman's voice, a character named Tiki, who is having a bit of a flirtatious duet with Storm Big Blade. As all of this is happening, I would like a deception check from you, Anweer. Let's see if I can roll better than a five. You're using digital dice. I'm using digital That's dice, and why. I believe that they are cursed. You fool! Uh, Never <laughs> trust the digital dice. I I don't. Um, an eleven. So, Lhasa, it's entirely possible that Anuir has actually eaten something that has not agreed with him, but you suspected something more. Uh, Farron. Yes, boy. You, you don't suppose I ought to check on him, do you? Well, it definitely wasn't the food, boy. Oh. So yes, I would suggest having a, having a quick look for him. Well, yes, yes, of course. You, you'll have to let me know what I've missed. I. As you step out to speak with Anwir, Manto 
As you move around on stage, you're not having any trouble or staying out of the way of people, but this duet you were not expecting, and this woman named Tiki, or playing the character of Tiki, who moves back and forth, she is crowding you. I'm going to need a... Let's see here. <laughs> what sort of, I don't want to make this a performance check, because you're not necessarily performing, but I am going to... Let's see. Sleight of foot. Sleight of foot. Acrobatics. <laughs> I think we're going to stick with acrobatics to see okay. if you are able to be in the right place at the right time, or at least not in the wrong place. Uh, yes, that is a dirty 20. Well, you are born for the stage, Manto. I was born for the stage. Any peek you get into the wings, you just see myself like clapping, raising my arms in joy. And then when I see this kind of flirtatious exchange just kind of winks and points like, yeah. <laughs> you can see, Tilly, that as he sings, the singer Ham Tonsus is beginning to <laughs> sort of make uh, disgruntled sounds and, and look a little perturbed as Manto seems to be doing this very well, uh, conveying quite a bit of character through the armor and the helmet that he is wearing. It is a, a very impressive display of mime and body acting. So, as the duet concludes, before we get to Lhasa and Anwir, a short, very hairy character comes on, his face completely obscured by a poorly made false beard and wig. It looks to be just pieces of cotton wool stuck onto some form of fabric. He has a very large false nose which sticks out far over the beard and he comes forward and begins to sing. By my beard, you can see that I'm dwarven, and that means that I live underground. On the surface, all people are foreign, so I greet everyone with a frown. As he finishes concluding, there's a great deal of laughter and applause. But I remember there being a gully dwarf in the actual companions. And now, on the other side of this curtain, Anwir and Lass. I slowly approach and place my hand on his shoulder again. Anwir, I, I know you said you needed a moment, but I, I, I can't leave you alone like this. I, you've helped me so much already. At least let me do the same for you if I can. At your touch, I jump, startled, and catch myself and I look at you and I say please don't miss this performance on my account I'm fine Lhasa I just need some time there, there will be many performances if I have anything to say about it M maybe not this show but but others and, and, and besides a moment like this only comes up every so now on again and well, forgive me saying so, but if I meant to put my trust in you and 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 to 
let you do what you've you've already done and continue to do, then I must have some way to repay it, and I I, I have to understand you as well. Lhasa, if you trust me, go back out to that box. Your role here is as a diplomat, and we are in direct line of sight of the Emperor. Your absence will be noticed. Mine will not. Please. I'm fine. You know, I... I suppose I expect it to some degree. You wouldn't know it, but... I'm always sent away. So I'll leave you to it. And I turn and... Leave. Rather briskly at that. Leave as in... Oh, back to the uh, box. I apologize. Okay, okay. I would just... I mean, you, you're free to go if that is what you wish to do. But, uh... Yes, it would look very poorly. Um, so you return to the box. There you are, boy. They got one of the heroes wrong. They made him a gully dwarf. <laughs> well, I, I... I suppose, um... Maybe some details were uh, lost in in, in uh, all of the commotion. But I only had one chance to get the dwarf right. <sighs> oh, how's your friend? He's doing well. Um, just said that I ought to uh, enjoy things here and that it might be best if I... Uh, continue to make my presence known, so. It seems like your friend's very wise. <laughs> make an insight check, Farron, if you don't mind. My passive is 15. Well. That's why, that's why I uh, jumped in on the... Gotcha. The, the uh, knowing that something's wrong, but I rolled a 12 plus 5, 17. 17, so... Yeah, absolutely. Something's clearly wrong, but doesn't seem to be a huge issue at the moment. And there's plenty of entertainment to keep you distracted. But as you turn back to the opera, we are going to change our focus to Blip. Blip, you run down this dark and... Smelly, I was going to say, but it probably is actually very comforting to you. So this entirely pleasant and welcoming sewer, you run down towards the sound of the squealing pig. You come around a corner and you see that it is not a pig at all. It is a old man stooped over pulling a cart. And as the wheels turn on the cart, there's a... <coughs> sound as they turn as he is pulling it along the sewer coming towards you there appears to be a great deal of trash and debris on the back of it maybe he's here collecting treasures who knows he looks over at you he's wearing a cap that comes far over his face skin is dark and you could see him looking at you with bright eyes as he reaches down pulls out a lamp and opens the covering on it, revealing light that shines on your face. Who is that there, then? I'll squint 
at the sudden light and skid to a stop. <laughs> you, you have my dinner. Uh, dinner? No, nothing here to eat, little lady. No, no, you have my dinner. I hear him. You give. He looks at the cart behind him and looks at you. Are you lost? No, no. You give dinner now. I start to tense up and clench my hands together. You want dinner, little lady. You're going to need to go up there. He points a very dirty finger straight up. No food down here fit to eat. At least none that I've seen. No, 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 not no food. Not not hungry. I, dinner, my friend. Dinner. Up. I look at him suspiciously for a minute, and I'll shift back and forth, uh, and then I'll dart past and uh, try to find a way to get back up. I'll start to climb the wall. <laughs> As you go past him, you see right past him, there is a ladder that is leading up out of the sewer. I'll put my hand on the ladder and I'll look back. You you sure? Dinner up? Dinner up. No dinner here, little lady. I know, lady. I blip. Pleasure to meet you, Blip. I'm Ulf. Oog? Ulf. Oop? Close enough. He removes his hat, hits it on his hand a couple of times. You could see that he is bald, and there are whirls and designs all over his face, all over his nose, all over his head, to the point that you can't really tell if it's dirt on his face or actually just he has that many tattoos. He grins at you and you can see his teeth in the light. He says, I hope you find your dinner, blip. I'll cock my head at him and stare at him for a moment. And you got, you got pretty art. Why, thank you. He looks down, rummages around in the pile of garbage that he has in his cart, picks something up, tosses it to you. I'll reach my hands out to catch it. It is a wilted flower, although it still has some color to it. Yellow, a little bit of blue on the interior. I'll look up and my lip will start to quiver and my eyes will get all big and wet. Pretty. For me? Yeah. I will take it my grubby, dirty little hands and jam it into my matted hair as best as I can. Now you're fit for the theater. <laughs> Good day, Blip. He begins to wheel away and you hear... Dinner. I scramble up the ladder as fast as I can. They better get married is all I'm saying. I need it to happen. (laughs) (laughs) 
you go up the ladder, there is a door, a trap door at the top. Uh, I'm probably scrambling so fast, I will actually bump into it. <laughs> so, kaboom, you bump into the door, you rub your head. It didn't give when you bumped into it, so we're going to need an athletics check to open it. That is a 19. Excellent. So you get to the top of this ladder, you push on the trap door, and it moves a bit, and then you have to reorient yourself, and you put your back on the bottom of it, and you push with your arms and legs against the ladder, maintaining your balance as you push up the trap door, and you hear something clatter to the ground on onto the floor or the other side of whatever it is you're coming into as you apparently knocked something over as you pushed up the trap door. There's a... I pay no attention as I bust the door open and jump through it. Dana! You jump into this room. It's quiet. There's a lot of large structures that have strange canvas sheets over them. Looking like very grumpy looking ghosts or statues with melting faces. Hard to see. They all have these shrouds. It's dark, it's dusty, and quiet. I freeze immediately. I glance around. I take a few steps forward. Glance around reach for my bone mall, which is no longer there and and what I assume to be a quiet voice but it's really not I will whisper yell dinner alright make a perception check please <laughs> why would you do this to me <laughs> well, I gotta know <laughs> why would you do this to me you wanted to play the gully dwarf uh, oh that's a 14. Eat it, ghosts. <laughs> 14. As you say this name into the darkness and listen, you don't hear a pig, but you do hear voices nearby. They are coming from your right. I'll whip around and turn to my right. I'll start to shake. <laughs> what that? Just muffled voices. Sounds like it might be coming from not this room, but somewhere nearby. I'll slowly back away and try to go through the room and weave through all of these, but try to stay away from the voices. As you start to walk away from the voices, backing away from the voices, I'm going to need a, let's see here, dexterity saving throw. Immensely concerned. Oh god I use digital dice for math purposes And that's a four You step on A part of this Shroud that is covering One of these structures You have no idea what's underneath it But as you do you slip And the shroud begins to fall down And with it whatever's underneath it Which begins to sort of lean over and it crashes to the ground right behind you. Uh-oh. Sounds like armor or soldiers or something coming to get you as you can hear the continued crashing of 
various other things that sort of fall in this room, things that have been sort of stacked upon one another that crash to the ground. I, I scramble back away from all of this and I look left and right and frantically look for anywhere I can hide. Okay, roll a stealth check for me, Blip. All right, give me just a second. Don't fail me now. Nat 20. <laughs> nice, excellent. You see, half hidden behind some rolled up canvas curtains, an area like a crawl space between this room and the next, a, a vent or perhaps an old drain, just, just a little area in the wall that connects this room to the room beyond it, and it's a perfect place for you to hide. That where I go. You run away from the sound of this crashing and falling furniture or guards or who knows what, and you hear these voices again. And it seems clear it is coming from the room directly next to the one you are currently in. And as you crouch down in your hiding space, you can look out and see many feet, boots, the other room. You see one set, two sets, three sets. One and one and <laughs> one. You see them shuffling around and you hear a voice. Did you hear that? It's fine. Don't worry about it. There's a knock on the door. There's a knock on a door, I should say. And then the sound of it being opened gently. And you can see light that enters into this room and you hear another voice. Who are you? And then another voice as it steps into the room and you can see, whereas the rest of these individuals in here have boots, this person has wearing the open-toed footwear that you most commonly see in Gwynedd. My name is Lord Daxon Elatu. You must be Ganter. We was expecting your son. Indeed, Phidias suffered serious injury in a recent fight and is resting. He is a bit delirious and revealed to me some disturbing plans he was to be involved with this night. My lord, uh, be at ease. Lucky for you. I happen to agree with his aims. Really? Yes. A bit of mischief tonight in the name of the so-called Arms of Vinas will definitely persuade the Emperor to take a stronger stance against the Mishikites and their seditious servants. I have fulfilled my son's promised aid to you, but so many of you. Far more than I was expecting. Surely three or four are all that is needed. A bit of filth thrown from the shadows, perhaps some vandalism to the grand staircase. This money will give the impression of open rebellion, <laughs> especially if... Why are you armed? There is a pause, and then a quick shuffle of feet as you could see people moving very quickly to surround the sandaled individual. There is a 
gasp and a grunt and sound of something wet hitting the ground. And you hear another voice. If it's any consolation, my lord, you've spared your son this fate, at least for a while. And then there is a crashing, collapsing sound as you see the face of the man who arrested you in the bump mine land, eyes staring, unblinking at your hiding space. There is a nervous shuffling of feet from the room beyond. And, well, I think that's our cue. Let's go see what a night at the opera really is. And the feet begin to scatter. Our attention turns now back to the opera. Anweer, do you rejoin the group after a while? Yes, I will sit down, but how, how many seats are in the booth, DM? There are three, but you have seen spare chairs outside. There can be more added if you wish. I will sit at the entrance to the, in the room between the curtain and the booth itself. I will sit at the top of the stairs to view what I can, but to make an opportunity to leave if I need to again. The opera has continued as one by one, various companions have entered into the scene here in this tavern and have sung both singly and with others. And now it is time for Tasselhood's big entrance <laughs> as you are given the cue to go on, Teely, and you take the stage. I enter out with a mischievous grin on my face, a little bit of a skip in my step, and I look towards my new audience. Oh yes, it's full. You are looking out into the faces of hundreds of people. Perhaps you're not able to see much beyond the footlights, so you could see like the first two or three rows of people actually looking at the opera and then beyond that just indiscriminate faces and then shadows and then darkness <sighs> I look around and clutch a hold of, of my hoopak that they allowed me to bring and then I will begin to sing and also be kind of dancing along to my own words. Did you want me to, to do my rendition? <laughs> I, I do want you to do your rendition if you don't mind. I'm nervous. All right. Okay, let's do this. I'm so excited. I'm called Little Tasselhood. I'm known for being good. Kenders share none is mine. I help all from young to old. I am both cute and yet bold, just like the rest of my kind. At this point, I strip off the costume that I was given, revealing my big skirt and my colorful outfit underneath, and begin to continue singing. With elegant graces, I leap into places. With my skirt, see how it flows. 
Please think long and in depth. Cut hair or thrown to death. Don't let us all stay foes. And at this point, I will reach into my pockets and throw a concoction of glitter and petals and just little, almost like beads that look like jewels as I throw them among the stage and look up and kind of hold my breath in hesitation to hear the crowd's response. Very nice. Roll a performance check for me, Tealy, with advantage for that excellent rendition. Thank you. Um, that is a 17 plus 5, so that is 22. There's a smattering of applause in the audience that grows as your performance was excellent, but even more impressive is the illusion of an actual kender being on stage. What a performance, what an incredible illusion of theatrical, astounding properties that have been bestowed upon the audience here in the Teatro Spire. And as you finish, you can look down and you can see the conductor, Saunders, just glowering at you as you have completely changed his lyrics and misrepresented the entire point of the character of Tasselhood, at least in his eyes. I look down at him, give him a little wink, and then stick my tongue out at him. <laughs> And then I skip off the stage. <laughs> Very nice. It is at this moment that the performer playing Raceland comes in. Manto, you note that for whatever reason, this particular name has not been mangled. He steps forward and music begins to play. Raises his arms and reveals his golden skin. Anweer with your passive perception and uh, the fact that being as far back away from the step, the chairs as you are, that you don't have a particularly good look at the stage, you're much more likely to see the backs of the, the heads of the people sitting in the box in front of you and then of course looking across the way at the people in the box on the other side of the auditorium. There's a little bit of commotion on the other box you could see that there's a bit of tension in the shoulders of the Emperor. When you say commotion, what is it specifically that I'm noticing? There is, as I said, some tension, some tightening. You can see the Emperor sort of sits straighter in his chair, as does his wife as they watch the stage. Can I attempt a perception check to see if I can get more detail than that? Sure. All right, I'm going to roll actual dice this time to see if it makes a difference. Nope, that's a two. <laughs> so it's <laughs> two plus seven is nine. Still shaken from whatever happened earlier, you see that there's some sort of reaction that is perhaps not one of enjoyment from across the other way, but exactly what is going on, you do not know. The individual performing the part of Raceland raises their hands and there is sparks and fire that erupts from the front of the stage. Nothing too damaging, but a little surprising. Loud pops and the smell of sulfur as the lights dim and the character raises their hands to begin performing. Lhasa, as you are watching this, there is a voice in your head and you see the familiar 
fading of the scene in front of your eyes and you see the silhouette of your master appear in front of your face. Lhasa, during the coming conflict, it is imperative that you stay close to the prince. He is the individual on stage with the golden skin. Do not be distracted by other things that happen. Get to his side and stay there. Get him to safety. Yes, I understand. With that, I stand up from my chair immediately. Farron? What, you, you're missing this bit? I fear there is much more that we will miss. If you would join me, I have a task which I must complete urgently. And where? Please, we must get down to the side of the stage as quickly as possible. As he says these things, you can see that there's a little bit of commotion happening in the audience as the sparks from this special effect, this pyrotechnical display, seem to have caught as there are other people who are batting away at flames that are appearing at various parts in the theater. At first it appears to be nothing serious, but all of a sudden there is a large conflagration of light that bursts up from the back of the theater as an enormous flame reaches up right near the exit, illuminating the rest of the auditorium. And there are shouts, gasps of fear, screams of pain and alarm as the theater appears to be on fire. There is shouting from across the way as there are appearing in the royal box away from you figures wearing dark clothing that are fighting with the guards that are nearby the emperor. And as the flames crackle and the audience panics, the prospect of deadly combat seems inevitable. But that is where we will end our session. Thank you so much for making our podcast a part of your day. If you would like to know more about us, please visit our website at lawfulstupidrpg.com. We also stream live play games at twitch.tv slash lawfulstupidrpg. Thank you again for joining us, and we hope to see you next time also. Until then, es solarus uthmithas. Farewell. This has been a Lawful Stupid RPG production.